MD Burns Nash is Atlanta's management consulting solution created specifically to meet the needs of a tech startup. MD Burns Nash aims to empower tech startup executives with the skill sets needed to propel their business on the path to success. For only $499, you can get started with an in-depth pitch deck evaluation to make sure you are putting your best foot forward. Visit mdburnsnash.com slash pitch deck for more information. That's mdburnsnash.com slash pitch deck for more information. Broadcasting from the Wella offices, direct from the Atlanta Tech Village, you're listening to The Incubator, the voice of the Atlanta tech startup scene. The Incubator is a weekly show featuring Atlanta-based startup founders, influencers, and entrepreneurs. Who they are, what drives them, and how they plan to change the world. Today's show is made possible by Willa, helping you on your financial journey every step of the way. And now, here are today's hosts. All right. Good morning and welcome back to The Incubator. I am your host, Todd Schneck, joined by my friend, colleague, and chief golden girl, Ashley Staggs. <laughs> Staggs, how are you? I love that title. I'm changing my my title to that. Chief golden girl? Yeah. Uh, I'm good today. I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to this one because I, in talking about awesome titles, I've never met a chief co-working officer before, and that's who we're talking to. I have never met a chief co-working officer either. I'm looking forward to it. Actually, actually going to be a really interesting conversation because you and I exist in this world of co-working space. In fact, we're broadcasting from one as we speak. Yep. And so this uh, today's guest, uh, this gentleman is building a community around co-working spaces and how that's changing the world and changing how we do business. So it's going to be a great conversation. Let's say hello to Chris Estrada. He is the CEO and chief co-working officer of The Operations Spot. Chris, Welcome to the show. Hey, Todd and Ashley, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to being on here and talking about some co-working with you guys well, today. We're grateful for your time. I know you're a busy guy and travel a bunch, and so I appreciate you making the trip over to see us, uh, Chris. But before we get into the operation spot and this whole idea of co-working and how it's changing and evolving, uh, take a few quick seconds. Tell us a bit about you and your background. Sure. So my instead of telling you a little bit more about me, I'd rather tell you what I believe. I believe that everybody wants to be in charge of their destiny, where they want to go, the work that they want to do, and the people that they want to work with. And that is the whole premise behind why I created the Operation Spot. And it's really about how I came about. Back in 2008, I'm sure you guys remember how great the economy oh, was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was wonderful. I mean, it was... <laughs> I made so much money. I mean, oh, yeah, it was great. Uh, I, was, I was working with a couple of different marketing agencies, and then we were... We had some really big accounts with some pretty big Fortune 500 companies, and unfortunately, during that time, the bottom fell out, and a lot of our clients had to slash their budgets. And just like you, Ashley, I've come from the marketing side. Mm -hmm. I used to do event promotions for uh, for Pepsi and a bunch of other different different companies. And when the bottom fell out, our clients' budgets were slashed, so they had to let a bunch of people go. So I went through two rounds of layoffs mm -hmm. between 2008 and 2010, mm -hmm. and just kind of forced myself to reinvent myself and and learn a lot of different new 
new things. And, and when I kicked off my own company, I said, you know what, I'm not going to do it from home. I'm going to do it from a co-working space. And that's kind of how this journey really started. So what is the operation spot? Yeah. So the operation spot, I work with commercial real estate developers and building owners that want to create these types of communities. So I look at these co-working spaces at, at, at being more than just a place to work. These places are really an economic driver for job growth and for community growth for within these communities. They're real incubators for these, for these commercial real estate folks to keep people here. Because what's great about the space is you come here and you work and a lot of these people like I mean, we have Yik Yak, right? Yeah, that, that started out over here and then Sales Loft. They outgrow this space within a year to two years and they need to move on to other places. So I work with these different commercial real estate developers and building owners that want to create these types of spaces, get people in the co-working spaces, and then once they outgrow it, then we can move them on to other properties. So I create these different types of environments. I do everything from help them figure out what these co-working spaces need to be, what they need to look like, what they need to call it, who they need to target, then also what types of furniture and where the outlets need to go. So it's a whole, <laughs> it's a whole encompassing process. Wow. Well, that sounds very cool. Oh, what, a, what a fun job. <laughs> I, there's just something about a space like this that's just invigorating to me and, and the, the, the enthusiastic and passionate people that are there, it just fuels me. I mean, so what a, what a great work. Now, do you focus in Metro? Or are you national or international? I'm international. Okay. I'm international. So I work with people from Australia to I have wow. some uh, accounts that we're working on in Texas right now. So we're, we're all over the place. And it's a lot of fun. And one of the areas that I really help to focus on, just like you, Ashley, I'm on the marketing side. And with marketing, you need to know your customer. Yep. You need to know your customer because if you don't know your customer, then you're just kind of shooting blindly and, and just shooting out to, to whoever's going to do business with you. And where a lot of these co-working spaces go wrong is they're not clear about who they serve and what problems that they're solving. A lot of them failed in the earlier years and co-working is so new. For example, tech, Atlanta Tech Village is here today. I mean, it's only been around for a couple of years and it's booming. Yeah. A lot of the co-working spaces failed early on because they weren't clear about who they served and they weren't big enough to expand once they grew. So I work with, with different people, these different space owners to just be super clear about who they're looking to target and then creating programs and everything else around it. So we're attracting people based on the community and based on the programming that takes place here, not just the desks and the offices that are here. Now, does, how, do, how do you work? Or maybe, it's, maybe your answer will be both. I have a space that I would like to convert into a co-working space. Do I then consult with you to help me do that? Or are you, because you, you can't go to a city that says, all right, uh, are, of all the buildings in town, there's an 87% occupancy, which means there's a lot of space not being used. Do you identify that and, and go to someone who owns it and says, I can help you convert this unused space? Absolutely. Do you do both? Absolutely. Okay. I do both. I, I do both. If there's a particular building in a city that you can say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing a co-working space over here. What would that look like? I would then um, engage my team. We would do a full-blown feasibility study and say, hey, you know, these are the types of people that are working in this area. These are the types of groups that are in this area. And based on what your goals and objectives are for that space, we'll target everything and build everything around around what you're looking to accomplish. Because some people are looking to run their business out of the space and create some kind of an incubator, like I'd mentioned with the, with the, with the commercial real estate folks. Mm -hmm. And some people are just looking at it as a real estate play of simply getting people in there and reconfiguring the space and then making a profit out of it. There are a lot of different avenues and a lot of different situations oh, yeah. you can work and co-working has so many different avenues that we, that we haven't even hit on. Right. 
What are people looking for? What should they look for when they're when they're picking a place if they've decided they want to set up a co-working environment? That's a great question. If they're wanting to create a co-working environment, the big thing that they need to look for is mass adoption and make sure there are people in that community that are a lot of people that are working from home and it needs to be in a in, in a highly concentrated area that's close to retail. Mm-hmm. So okay. usually class A office space doesn't really typically work unless it's within pro- close proximity to retail space. So it needs to be walking distance. So that's why this place works really well is because mm-hmm. we have all these shops over here. People can walk and parking is a big thing. Yeah. Parking, <laughs> yes, is a very, is. <laughs> parking is a very big thing because a lot of these class A buildings, usually you get about four spaces per 1,000 square feet that you lease. And as we as we know here in Atlanta, everybody drives. Mm-hmm. N- not too many people really take the public transit or whatever else. So parking is really is a real key issue. So what you're saying is, if some corporate campus is built out in the suburbs, where there's a few maybe a few chain restaurants down mm-hmm. the road, that's not necessarily an ideal kind of location for this. Those are even a great place for a space because there is such a demand for co-working in the suburbs right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's really? Okay. Such a demand because right now, I like to say that we're there, there are two phases of co-working. The, there is an infiltration of co-working spaces in the urban markets, in the urban areas, like, like the urban cities such as downtown Atlanta and Buckhead. And then there are the suburban co-working markets. There are only three cities in the entire country that have really gone through the entire full phase of phase one of being of that there's so many spa- spaces within one area, they need to move out to the other areas. And here in Atlanta, we've, we're maybe halfway through the first phase. I would imagine part of that too with Atlanta is the commute from North Metro Mm -hmm. is so awful that a lot of people choose to work from home. And I, for me personally, when I work from home, it's mind numbingly boring. It is. (laughs) I get so I get the worst cabin fever, snowmageddon. I just, I thought I was going to lose my mind. Yeah. And you just don't get to experience the connections, the community and the collisions that you experience Mm -hmm. in these co-working spaces from working from home. We could do a whole episode on why you should co-work. Oh, yeah. And and, and maybe we need to do that down the road. Uh, The goal here is to talk more about some of the work you're doing. I mean, my Stags and and my producer Floyd are are probably sick of me telling Chicago stories. As I mentioned to you that I'm moving (laughs) to Chicago. I was watching a documentary on the Sears Tower which, as we all know, was built to be the headquarters for Sears Roebuck. Mm-hmm. Well, naturally, as soon as they finished the building, their business tanked. And so they half the building was unoccupied for years, and it mm-hmm. cost them. Well, they, and they made the decision to say, all right, let's stop trying to recruit a big corporation to move in here. Let's start selling it to a bunch of small ones. I think that kind of thing's happening probably all over the place, right? There's a lot oh, yeah. of office space everywhere and a lot of cool space too. Yeah, there really is. I mean, I've seen some really unique properties that are being transformed into uh, co-working spaces. A friend of mine runs a co-working space that's actually a nightclub at night. What? <laughs> it's really neat. It's over there in San Francisco. It's uh, his name is Paul. Oh, really, of course, it's in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> that makes really, more sense. It's a really cool space. So you know, if if, you, if you're under thirty, then the nightclub thing might be your might be your scene. But yeah. uh, it's it's a really good time. We went and checked it out during the during the conference last year. It was a lot of fun. Wow. That sounds cool. <laughs> All right, Chris Stags and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This is Wes Moss, former host of Atlanta Tech Edge on NBC in Atlanta. I'm here today, though, to talk to you about my new digital financial advisory firm, Wella. Wella is an old English word that means wealth. Several years ago, my team realized there were too many people who needed help with their financial strategy, but couldn't get the help they needed because they didn't reach the high investment minimums of many financial advisory firms. 
To answer this need, we developed Wella, a digital platform that allows us to help people just like you get free financial advice and tools to better manage their finances. We also offer online investing and the ability to work with your own investment advisor with no minimums. Learn more at yourwella.com. That's Y-O-U-R-W-E-L-A.com. All right, and we're back with Chris Estrada, CEO and Chief Co-working Officer with The Operation Spot. This might be a dumb question, or it's going to have a super short answer, <laughs> <laughs> but it just keeps running through my head. What, what's really the difference between a co-working space and just an office building with multiple offices in it? Sure. So one of the main differences between a co-working space and an office building is there's energy in a co-working space. It's, it's a living, breathing machine. And there's a lot of community here. There are a lot of people that are really looking to grow with each other. In typical office spaces, you don't really get that type of atmosphere. You have those, you have those executive office suites that their main service and their main goal is just to get you in an office and it's a place to work. These co-working spaces are, they're more than a place to work. It's a, it's a place to network. It's a place to grow your business. It's a place to grow yourself. I know so many people that have, they've gotten funding because they have, they were, they were there meeting with somebody else and somebody else had a meeting with an investor. They connected, they said, Hey, you should meet this person. And then next thing you know, they're, doing a round of funding with that same investor. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, you don't get those types of interactions at those typical uh, regular office complexes. And so for the people that are building these or trying to cultivate these spaces, this is a very different person than somebody that just owns an office building and collects rent. Absolutely. It's, it's different because you're creating programming mm-hmm. around the people that are here. With office spaces, you give them a key and you can say, hey, you give them a key and you give them an office and you can say, hey, um, use this place anytime, 24-7. There's your parking spot. Here's your key. I'll see you on the first one the rents do. Yep. When you run a co-working space, you actually get to know the people. You get to know their businesses. You get to know what struggles they have. And then you can create programs around around what challenges they have or, or helping them grow. You can create speaking events where they can get up there and pitch in front of a bunch of people. So everybody there and the public is getting to learn about their business. You don't get that type of interaction at a, at a regular office mm-hmm. complex. So I guess the real answer is you're, the people that run these co-working spaces, they're taking a real active investment in the people that are here versus just giving them space to rent. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to talk about how this the general way we do business is changing. And co-working, I think, is in part feeding that. Because my wife is a recruiter for PwC. Now, she has a, a role where she can work from home. And she works from home probably 90% of the time. But then yeah. she'll occasionally go in for a team meeting or training or whatever it is. But even within the confines of a PwC, and they're, like, they're frankly, all their offices, but certainly mm-hmm. here in Atlanta where we're recording, they're moving away from having fixed location. They're, 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 they call it hoteling now, right? Yeah. So they're kind of trying to build, it sounds to me like a, a co-working-ish type of environment where there's more buzz, more ex- enabling more connections and, and, and those kinds of things. I, mean, I think this is it's important to comment on how this is just naturally changing business anyway, even for the typical traditional corporate environment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because people want more flexibility in their lives. And employees are wanting more flexibility in their in their lives. And that rigid nine to five of coming to the same place every every week, it's going away. It's going away because people want more flexibility. People want to, as I mentioned earlier, people want to be in charge of, of what they do, where they, where they go, and in their impact. And if a lot of companies, if they're not accommodating that model, they're going to have a hard time attracting top talent 
because more and more people are wanting to work from remote places and not everybody has a conducive environment to at their house to work from mm -hmm. as you had mentioned working from your house and i remember in my what brought me to co-working one time was i was working at my house and my neighbor just happened to have the have the day off and so he said, you know, it's a great day to build a fence. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great day to build yep. a fence. So here I am on conference calls and I'm hearing this nail gun, just boom, boom, mm -hmm. boom, boom, going off. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to get out of here. This is not working for me. So then I went to Starbucks and I said, you know, that, that only works for so long. And yeah. we all have our great Starbucks stories of, of, <laughs> of, of meeting over there and, and whatnot. But it's, it's the, the workforce is, is absolutely changing and these co-working spaces are, they're certainly the answer of where these people are going to go work. Speaking of coffee shops, I just want to ask this. I've, I've heard you say talkers go to coffee shops. <laughs> what does that mean? So my whole, talkers go to coffee shops. It has a couple different meanings. So one, when you go to a Starbucks, you go there, it's loud. It's not, it's not a great place to do business, but my main whole, my whole meaning behind talkers go to coffee shops is the people that at Starbucks, um, this could, the, this could go for some Starbucks and in, in, in a Starbucks in a different areas, but it's certainly different than the one over here in Octane. But my, my whole premise behind talkers go to coffee shops is the people at, at our coffee shops, they're just talking. They're not serious about their businesses. They're over there. They're, they have these pie in the sky ideas, or they're just thinking about what they want to do next. Mm -hmm. The people that are at co-working spaces, they're here to execute. They're here to kick off their companies and they're serious about their future and they're serious about their companies. And that's why I like to say talkers go to coffee shops. That's mm. very true. Scout Mob was kind of built on a napkin in Octane and then kicked off when they finally moved into a loft and got things going. Yeah. That there makes go. a lot of sense. Yeah. There you go. Well, see, it's funny, though, because there's probably two ways to leverage a co-working space. Um, to use our sponsor, well, I mean, you guys have been in this location as long as I've known you. Yep. And, I don't, and I'm not aware of any plans to leave this space. Now, as you guys yeah. continue to grow, I suspect you'll have to. But, but this is more of a fixed location for you guys, mm -hmm. at least for the time being. When, because I'm, as I said, sorry guys, I'll mention it again. When I'm moving to Chicago, <laughs> moving to Chicago. I've had many people say, well, are you going to get a studio up there? Are you going to get a fixed office? Maybe even a permanent one in a co-working space. And I'm like, I don't want that. I want the flexibility. There's mm -hmm. so many amazing places in Chicago and in, in different parts of that city and different kinds of buildings in a modern structure with the four ceiling windows to to an old warehouse has been yeah. converted with, you know the you know, traditional kind of what you would expect a cool loft space to be I like the idea of having the flexibility to just go where I want to to for the project that I'm working on it's a flexibility and also the variety I like to, it, what I love about co-working spaces is there's so many different environments that you can go here, that you can go to over here. And depending on what you're working on, it shifts your mindset. Yeah. So when I'm working on a particular client with, with one particular client, I'll sit in one different space with the co-working space. Mm -hmm. And you just don't get that in a typical office. Yeah, you really, and you were talking about making it easier to recruit top talent. I know even from a superficial level, this is going to make me sound fat again. What I love about Atlanta Tech Village is I've worked for small businesses and big businesses. And at corporate, we had snacks everywhere. And we had a lot of those kind of like amenities. I had free soda. It was amazing. And then I switched to a small company and that just wasn't in the budget. Mm -hmm. And so you're kind of like, there's just these luxuries that being a really tiny company like Wella, a company of seven, we have access to conference rooms. We have snacks, we have soda. So you get to kind of live like a bigger company 
instead of having to do it like Silicon Valley style out of some guy's house. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just going back to your point, when you're in the break room or whatnot, you might meet somebody new that just got an office yeah. down the road and they might be thinking, they might be thinking in the back of their mind, geez, I have, my financial situation is a mess. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of these people, they, they, yeah. they, they could be. And it's just a natural opportunity for you to say, hey, you know what? Let's have a conversation about that. Yeah. And there's a, there is a lot, I think co-working too for startups, there's a lot of companies that can just kind of use each other. We're mm-hmm. using trust fuel down the hall because they need new customers and their product makes sense for what we're doing. We're talking to people over here because they're a small company and they don't have a 401k plan. So well, it can help them. And it's kind of, you know, it allows for you to, to get those first five customers that mm-hmm. everybody's so desperate to have. Absolutely. And it's in back to your point about the changing workforce. We're not working in silos anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also important to note Clearly, when, when, when I think of a co-working space, I'm thinking it's populated largely by tech startups. That's not yeah. the case. This is, for, this is for all types of business, right? It is. It is. And um, that is where I feel co-working 2.0 is headed. Mm. You're going to see a lot of these different niche co-working spaces open up. So I worked on a space in Marietta that it's geared towards attorneys. Oh, that's interesting. So, so yeah. what's different about it? What's different about it is we curate the types of people that are in the space so we want to we want people that are that are going to want to work with attorneys, or we also want people that are going to refer business w- w- with one another, because attorneys naturally do that. And so there's so many opportunities for niche co-working spaces. You have maker spaces, you have Foster ATL, their creative yeah. space down down there. Yeah. There's a huge opportunity for a maker space to be here in Atlanta. There there's some pretty big ones out there in Austin. There's an opportunity for some food kitchens. There's some, uh, we're, if anybody wants to kick off a food kitchen, I would love to talk to you because um, <laughs> I have all the, I have a lot of the plans and whatever else to kind of help you put that together and, and, and make it come to fruition and make you some, make you, make you some pretty good profits in the process. There's so many, co- there's some, there's a lot of opportunity for healthcare startups oh, and no um, a lot of opportunity there. But what I love is like, there's just, like I, like I said, there's coworking is going to touch every single industry. Are there really two types of co-working? So there, there's there's a space like ATV where we are right now that has a wide diversity of companies and, and styles and approaches and products versus the niche, you know, where, where it's a maker community. Mm-hmm. That, that That's fair assessment. I think it has to be one or the other for it to be successful. Is that a fair it assessment? Could, yeah, it could be one or the other. It could be one or the other, but the biggest thing is you know what you are. You're mm-hmm. not, you don't become a co-working space here and then you can say, hey, you know, let's, let's, Let's get. Let's devote about two thousand square feet to just doing this, yeah. and it it could work. But if you want to focus and you really want to niche, when you niche, you really understand the problems and the issues that those that the people you're looking to attract. You understand what they have, so then you can create programming and everything else to meet their needs. So you are a fellow podcaster. I am, and you. So you your podcast is called Coworking Success. Mm-hmm. So who is that designed for and what kind of stuff do you talk about? So I love to interview the people that work out of the coworking spaces. Okay. I love to tell their stories. I love to tell the, I love to talk about where their businesses were when they first started and then how being in a, how being in a coworking space has really helped them mm-hmm. grow and the trials and tribulations. And I just love the stories of the entrepreneur mm-hmm. and it, it's just, it, 
there's so many people out there that are on the fence about kicking off their own company. And when they hear these people talk about their stories, it inspires them to say, you know what, I could probably do that too. And I'd probably be a lot more successful if I joined a co-working space instead of doing it for my basement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's something about being a part of a community like this versus bootstrapping in the basement. Yeah. And you can bootstrap in the basement for a while. A number of it's, you can certainly be successful that way, but being in a co-working space, it's just going to accelerate you. It's going to accelerate you and put yeah. you around the other people that are going to invest in you and invest in your growth and 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 coach you and and hold you accountable for all the things that uh, that you say you're going to do. You are the company you keep, so you know your mom would be all you had to help you <laughs> grow your company. Love mom, but <laughs> well, you know what they say: you become you become while the you're average. in that basement. Yes. Well, that's that's true. I mean, now I got the whole vision in my mind. <laughs> But it, it's true. You become the average of the people you spend the time with, mm -hmm. right? You and do. And so if you surround yourself with smart, ambitious, hungry, service mentality type personalities, boy, it's it's game changing for you. It is. It's going to rub off on you and it's, it's going to force you to get out of bed every day and say, wow, I am going to give this everything I have today. And most everybody here, that's what they do. And that's why they outgrew this place so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh See, to me, when someone moves out of here, it's, it means it's probably a success story. It is. A, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of like graduating, I think. Yeah. Like we, we've we moved. The other thing that's nice about co-working is you don't have to find, if you're a startup and you're growing rapidly, you don't have to keep going to find new office space. We moved from the second floor in a one-room version of this up to the fourth floor in a two-room version as we expanded. If, as you can see, we're about to outgrow this one. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even know where I was going with that. Oh, but it was very exciting for us to move. I mean, it was kind of like ceremonial mm -hmm. where now this is the strides we've made in the year is now we have so many people. We need two spaces. And when you take over a floor, that's when everyone in ATV knows who you are. Mm -hmm. yep. And then you graduate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very, very cool. So what's next for the operation spot? What should we be looking forward to the next uh, year or two? Oh, geez. So I'm in the process of kicking off a Blab. Are you guys familiar with Blab? Oh, absolutely. I'm not. So I, a Blab is... I know you're going to make a joke about blabbing, but... No, I'm not. So I just learned a. Well, it's I didn't okay. Need to say anything. <laughs> I just learned a blab the other week, and yeah. here I am. I'm launching a show on Friday. See, he just learned. <laughs> I just learned about it. The pl platform hasn't been around long, but we, me and a, me and a part a buddy of mine, we are launching an online t live TV show called Coworking Success Live. That's what it's called right now. Um, we we might we might mix it up a little bit later, but we are going to be interviewing different people that work out of spaces. And then we're also going to be talking about different trends about what's going on in the co-working space. And it's all going to be live. Mm. Cool. No, Blab's yeah. a cool platform. Yeah, check it out. There's probably some uh, opportunity uh, with uh, doing some financial education off of that. That yeah. could be really interesting. So you ought to check it out. Yeah, it's that I'm, I have that going on. And I just really want to create some really great co-working environments all throughout the country and all throughout the globe so that more people will have the opportunity and find success in these spaces. Are you also a, a co-working doctor? So if a co-working space is struggling and they're not getting the right kind of community and, and they're not and they're not growing at the pace they want, I mean, that someone can come, come to absolutely. you for some consultative absolutely. advice? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'm a full-blown co-working consultant, so we, we can do everything from a full diagnosis of saying, all right, well, let's look at these, at these, uh, these KPIs, see where you are, see where you land. Let's understand what your real problems are instead of just a symptom of what's, what's going on. How important is the uh, an educational component too? Because I love ATV. You and I were talking about this before 
before uh, we went on, on the air. There's a bunch of obvious advantages to being in a space like this, networking and all that, uh, and flexible space to be. Mm-hmm. But what I love about ATV is all the programs they do, all the education, all the mm-hmm. training. Oh, yeah. That's invaluable too, right? How big a part it, of that is? It is it is absolutely invaluable. One thing they do here really well, it's the it's it's the pitch and present. It, what is the? Yeah, what is that it's, it's after It's after the startup chow down yeah. where everybody gets they pretty much open up a room and you have an opportunity to practice your pitch. Pitch practice is, I think, mm-hmm. what, they, what they call it. It's an opportunity to practice and refine your pitch. And how important is it to know how know your pitch when right. you're pitching to investors or whatever else and get some concrete feedback from from people that, that will tell you what you need to hear? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. I, I think that education piece is huge. And even what is offered, ATV offers a mentorship program. Mm-hmm. And it's not just for the CEOs. It's not just for companies of a certain size. Anybody can get on there. You can look at the mentors, read their background and see how many spots they have left for mentees, which I was really excited about because I kind of decided I needed to find somebody and there wasn't anyone in my life that I could think of that was that would be a good option. So I found that and you get that through ATV as just being a villager. And again, in a company of seven, that's not something we typically have access to. Yeah. And th- that's one of the main, main things that I love about this space is uh, David Cummings. He's done a really good job mm-hmm. of just mm-hmm. really curating the environment and really curating the program. As you mentioned, I mean, they have, they have hundreds of events here each, each yeah. month and it's really in even I love the app on the phone where you can just download where you can download all the things is straight to your calendar because a lot of we times have an app? yeah there's I didn't an app know there. that <laughs> I'm learning all kinds of things today but you I mean <laughs> Ashley doesn't realize she did it but she just made the case for why this is so important she's I'm a villager Mm-hmm. It's yeah. that community. It's that sense it of, of togetherness and teamwork and she that ident- makes it so powerful. She identifies with being a villager over here. And when she goes out into the world, people say, but when she tells people they work from the tech village, there could be somebody that works that, right down the hall from here that they've been here for two years and they've, and they've never even met. And yeah. they might, there could be an opportunity to, to collaborate together. You just, just never know. You just don't get those types of connections mm-hmm. at a Starbucks or working from your house or from just that traditional office environment. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that sounds cool. I, I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but ATV now has quite the reputation in Atlanta and it's an office building. So for that to have such a reputation with the companies that come out of it, the amenities, the things they do here. When I learned about it, I was like, I need to get into that building. And I was looking through every single company that was in Atlanta Tech Village, just trying to see who was hiring, purely because of the space and what they had created in Atlanta. And people know about it. When I say my company name, they don't necessarily know it. But I say, oh, we're in Atlanta Tech Village. And it sounds really like, (laughs) I sound super cool. Yeah. Well, there is a reason why in the professional voiceover of the show, we say direct from Atlanta Tech Village. Because it's part of, you want to play on that. That's part of the brand. Yeah, it Mm -hmm. is. It's very, very important. And any space can can build that, right? That's the whole point. That's kind of what you do is help them build that. Yeah, it's all about having a brand. And it's it's a brand outside of just the desks and the internet. If you are trying to differentiate your co-working space based on your desks and your internet speed and your your floor-to-ceiling glass windows, in your conference rooms and bean bags and, 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 right. yeah you you need so much more than that yeah, yeah. i mean switch arts has been branding for like mm-hmm. a year and mm-hmm. they didn't open until very recently and that's and you just and you just brought a great point a lot of one reason why a lot of co-working spaces don't make it or they take a lot a little while to ramp up is because they don't build that community beforehand mm-hmm. and it's so important to build that community b- before you open that space because if you 
if you go with that approach of if we build it, they will come, it's going to be a very expensive <laughs> <Right>. lesson. <laughs> right. Well, I have a lot of affection for the co-working space that you work out of, so I think it'd be apropos for me to give you a chance to give them a quick shout out. Absolutely, yeah. I work out of the Desk Hub, the co-working space right down the road. It's a great space. I have a dedicated desk over there. It's 24-7 access, just like it is over here, mm -hmm. but a lot of co-working spaces don't offer 24-7 access to, to folks, and for people like to work at different times. I mean, some I'm not like a 2 a.m. kind of guy, but I occasionally do like to work on the weekends if I don't have anything going on. If I don't have anything better going on, then yeah. I'm going to go work on my business. I'm going to go work on my business. I'm going to go I'm going to go buckle down for a couple hours and Desk Hub is great in the sense that they offer that flexibility and being able to do so. Yeah. And we've had Zoe Fox on the show before. Zoe, so. she's awesome. She's uh she's a great community manager, so if you ever want to go check out Desk Hub, uh, reach out to Zoe, reach out to me and we'll give you a tour of the place. Outstanding. All right. Well, Chris, as you are aware, Wella makes the incubator possible. So it's time for the Wella question of the week. So let me ask you, what's the best piece of financial advice you've ever given or received? Best piece of financial advice I've ever given or received? Eh, somewhat of a couple different answers. I mean, you know, I think you should always have that rainy day fund. You should always mm -hmm. have that rainy day yep. fund. But my biggest advice that I would like to give somebody out there is where you are financially, it doesn't define you. You could have all the money in the world, or you can be as broke as broke. I just finished reading that book called The Power of Broke with Damon. It's a great book. It really talks about when you're up against the wall and you are just needing to just make something happen because your bank account is just diminished something new happens to you. You have a new energy and you just have this new fire to execute and just make things happen. Mm -hmm. You learn a lot about yourself when you're in that state. So my best advice is wherever you are financially, just know that it doesn't define you, whether you have hundred $100,000 in your bank or if you have $100 in your bank, just know that that $100 is not who you are. And your willingness to get up and make things happen and get yourself out of the situation, that's what defines you, not the $100. Well, well true. said. All right. Well, that was the well of question of the week. So, Chris, we're out of time. Before I let you go, how can people contact you? Should they have questions? Where can they learn more about the Operation Spot? And where can they find your podcast and this future blab? Yeah, absolutely. So, the best place you can find me, I'm pretty active on Twitter, Operation Spot is my, um, just like the game, Operation and Spot, S-P-O-T. My website is operation-spot.com. Don't forget that dash, because mm -hmm. if you don't put that dash in there, you might get a spay and neuter clinic in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure they get all kinds of phone calls of saying, hey, I'm here to talk to Chris with Operation Spot. That's and they say, oh, different guy, different company, <laughs> different industry. Very oh, active fair. on LinkedIn, Chris Estrada. You can find me over there. But if you just have a unique story or you want to learn more about coworking, or want to open a space, I'd love the opportunity to talk to you. Just reach out to me through any one of those platforms. And Blab, you can find me under the same name, Operation Spot. We're gonna, I'm not sure when we're going to be doing those weekly, but it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, I'd love to connect with you guys. And I love what you guys are doing over here. Uh, it's, it's such a... I always love to meet other podcasters and other unique businesses that are uh, that are making things happen out of these co-working spaces. So thank you for what you guys are doing. I well, appreciate those kind words. And we appreciate you spaying and neutering the traditional <laughs> corporate environment. <laughs> All right. Chris Estrada, CEO and Chief Co-working Officer of The Operation Spot. Great to have you. Thanks again for stopping by. Thank you. All right. All the time we have for today, again, on behalf of our guest, Chris Estrada, my co-host, Staggs, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you next time on The Incubator. 
You've been listening to The Incubator, recorded from the Wella offices, direct from the Atlanta Tech Village. This broadcast is a partnership between the Intrepid Now Media Network and Hypopotamus, and made possible by Wella, helping you on your financial journey every step of the way. The Incubator is directed by Andrea Risk and produced by Floyd Fischel. You can find The Incubator on iTunes, and leaving a rating and review on iTunes will be appreciated by all. Again, you've been listening to The Incubator. The show will return next week. We'll see you then.